1: Welcome
0: to our couch. Take a seat. It's time for therapy.
1: Movie therapy.
0: I'm Rafer Guzman, film critic for Newsday. And I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture critic and co-author of How to Be Fine. In each episode of Movie Therapy, we used to offer up questionable advice and solid movie and TV recommendations for whatever ails you.
1: But today, we are answering all of your burning listener questions. Uh, That's right. We're going to do like uh, an Ask Me Anything. Ask Us Anything. Yes. Like uh, like Reddit like an AUA, Ask Us Anything. Uh, Some of these questions will be related to movies and TV, some just to life in general. And at the end of this episode, we will even administer a final round of movie therapy.
0: Now, reminder, we are not real therapists. So take everything we say with a grain of salt, but we are real movie and TV critics.
1: All right. Shall we start?
0: Yes! Let's do it, Rafer. Let's do it.
1: Okay. We're gonna, we'll, we'll start with the movie and TV questions, and we'll begin with this one from Michelle. Do you want to read this one, or should I read this one?
0: Oh, go ahead and you read it, Rafer.
1: Okay. Michelle writes, Dear Rafer and Kristen, I loved your pre-Oscar special and comparing your predictions to what happened over the course of the night. But one thing you didn't predict was what happened between Will Smith and Chris Rock. I know it's been a few months now, but would you be willing to share your thoughts on what transpired?
0: I, I just remember, for the next day you and I texted each other and we like, didn't see that coming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did not see that coming. And as, and as someone who, who has to watch the Oscars and then write a story about it, you know, and I usually I have to, um, the way it, the way it usually works at Newsday is I've got a... I've got a 9.30 story I file, which is usually a story that's kind of like, hey, everybody, nothing at all has happened. (laughs) Then I have a 10.30 story that I usually file, which is, hey, everybody, a lot of stuff has happened, but not the big awards that you actually care about. Then at 11.30 is usually another story that I file, which is here's the big wrap-up and here's everything that happened. And let me just say the Will Smith and Chris Rock debacle really made my evening difficult.
0: (laughs) Were you up all night working on
1: that, Reefer? Oh my God! I was just up until one o'clock in the morning trying to <laughs> get that story into some kind of shape. I mean, you know, the best-laid plans of mice and men, right? You think you, well, you know, you think you, you write a dummy lead, right? Such and such a movie took the swept the Oscars with such and such awards. Then you write the other one, such and in, an, in an upset, this movie, blah blah blah. No <laughs> one could have thought, you know, write a dummy lead that just just in case. Just in case Will Smith slaps Chris Rock on stage, write a W lead for that. No one told me to do that. So that was that was quite a night. Quite a night. But Kristen, what what are your thoughts? What what are your thoughts on all that? What do you make of all that now from hindsight?
0: I mean, it was such a weird thing. I watched it and rewatched it so many times. When it was happening, you know, like most of the world, I was like, oh, this is A weird comedy bit, and then it became clear it wasn't a weird comedy bit. And then, you know, everything that was happening uh, as far as damage control was not, in my opinion, very good damage control. Because when Will Smith finally went up and he collected his award,
1: oh god, what a moment! He
0: essentially just said, "Like I'm a passionate man and I will protect." You know, I'm misunderstood. I'm just like Serena and Venus's dad. Like,
1: yeah. uh, I'm kind of sorry. I'm not really sorry. I'm glad I did it. I wish I hadn't done it. Very confused.
0: Oh, God. It was terrible. And then after the fact, it turned into this other narrative of Chris Rock was deliberately making fun of Jada Pinkett Smith for having alopecia. Right. And so the story changed after the fact. And, and, And I do feel... Bad for you know Jada Pinkett Smith in this. I I, I don't even know if I'm, I'm guessing that Chris Rock had no idea that she has alopecia. That's what I'm guessing.
1: And she was very public with it though. I think I think it was just one of those things that not a lot of people were necessarily paying attention to because you know frankly she really hadn't been in the public eye for many 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 years. Um, there was not she was not doing a lot of acting or things that I think were registering in any way that I can think of. Um, that's not a knock on her. It just she was. She just wasn't doing a lot of stuff, and and even though she'd yeah. gone public with it, and I think had sort of been on some shows or something,
0: but like, she it has was her a no table thing. talk show, which is like a YouTube TV show she hosts. Yeah. that's,
1: that's what, you're right, exactly. That's what I'm thinking of. But I mean, it is the kind of thing that was very public, and yet you could have missed I whether yeah. or not Chris Rock knew or didn't know is still an open question. I don't think he's ever said yes or no to that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you're I know what you're saying.
0: Yeah, and I mean, maybe I'm misreading it, but I, I I could totally understand if he didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I I, I didn't know. Once I w- I
0: didn't know that either. And and you know, yeah, the joke was in poor taste, but he's been ribbing will and jada pinkett smith every time he's hosted a show forever because i thought because he was friends with them and because like he's been in many movies with (laughs) with jada pinkett smith like the madagascar movies and stuff so uh, i thought they were all good friends and had a history and that's one reason why he would rib them and initially will smith was laughing his head off like knee slapping laughing at the jokes and then at a certain point he looked over at jada i know and then everything just changed i know so that that was part of what threw me off is like Will Smith was laughing as hard as anybody for a second there.
1: Yeah. I know that I, and I think that brought about a second I think that brought about a second or third or fourth narrative in which Jada Pinkett Smith became this kind of Lady Macbeth character, right? You know, sort of like, you know, or or an Iago or something, sort of dripping poison into Will Smith's ear and urging him to go do this thing. Um which, you know, ha- how realistic that is or not, I don't know. But that that created a whole other thing. Suddenly, it was Jada Pinkett Smith's fault.
0: Yeah,
1: it was crazy. I I guess I had two thoughts about that. One one was like, on a macro level, I guess one I just thought like, wow, the world finally got to Will Smith. Like, just mm. the craziness, the hatred, the anger, the insanity. Everything about that. I just think we've all been through two years of the pandemic. There's all this social media venom. There like, you can't make a joke about anything. Everyone's on, on, on walking on eggshells. You know, there's just so much, so much anger in the world right now. And it finally like trickled upward to Will Smith and like destroyed his life in an instant. Like it's, I know it's getting to all of us, but it finally got to Will Smith. That was the first <laughs> thing I thought. And the second thing I thought was, I just felt like, you know, movie stars are are our royalty, right? Like we like we we look up to them and we put them up on a pedestal the way that that the Brits do to to, to their to their royals, and that's what we do with um, our movie stars and. I think we expect better behavior out of them, and he just he just destroyed all that and It was a terrible time to do that. The movies were really on the ropes that you know for that Oscar mm-hmm. celebration. the Oscars were on the ropes, and I just felt like Will Smith just did incalculable damage to the movies and to the oscars, and I don't know. His career may recover, but I don't think anyone's ever going to forget or fully forgive him for that. I, 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 it would be very difficult, even 10 years from now, for me to ever forget that night. And I'm not sure anybody else will either. So I don't know. I don't know where, where Will Smith goes from here. I just have no idea.
0: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I feel like that's going to be the defining moment in Will Smith's public life.
1: Tragically,
0: tragically. For most of us. Not, you know, getting jiggy with it, not Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, not, you know, any of these movies. It may even be the case that people forget what was the movie he was up for the Oscar for. They're going to remember The Slap more than that.
1: Oh my God, of course, of course. No, you're totally right. You're totally right.
0: And I also think it hurts the legitimacy of the Oscars themselves because, This is yet another Oscars debacle where they weren't on top of things, where maybe because an assault happened, maybe the police should have been called. Maybe in the very least, he shouldn't have been allowed to go on stage and get a standing ovation 40 minutes later. Oh, I know. And so it makes the Oscars look like, what is wrong with you people? Like. No offense to the Golden Globes, but maybe offense. I'm like, I would expect that of the Golden Globes to be like this. But, but the Oscars tries to be a little bit more, you know, highbrow. But You wouldn't even expect that out of the Golden Globes. Not even at the Golden Globes would you be expecting <laughs> crap like that. Everyone's so drunk at the Golden Globes. Stuff happens. And I know, but still. And it, it, what is the Golden Globes? Like 75 people who vote on that, whatever. Yeah, but like right. the Oscars is supposed to be legit. And I know, I know. So, I, yeah, Michelle, I don't know if we're answering your questions. We obviously have a lot of thoughts on this.
1: Yeah. and <laughs> That's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> months later,
0: we're still processing this.
1: <laughs> God, I know. Anyway, yeah, there you go on Will Smith and Chris Rock. Chris, Chris Rock seems to be doing fine. Apparently, he's dating Lake Bell.
0: Oh, really? I know you love some Lake yeah, Bell.
1: I love Lake Bell. You know, I usually don't care who's dating who. But when I when I heard that news, I was like, what an awesome couple. I got this little, <laughs> I got this little warm cockle in my heart. I was like, oh, Chris Rock, I'd like, no, that's a cool couple. Anyway,
0: yeah. I bet they are a lot of fun together.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally, right? Uh yeah, <laughs> yes. they're both super talented, super interesting.
0: Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Yeah. All right. Should we get to this second question for us here from Sarah? Indeed. All right. Sarah says, Dear Rafer and Kristen you sometimes post photos on the movie therapy Facebook page of the two of you together or separately going to the movies. Can you tell us about what it's like as critics going to the movies? How is it different from how the rest of us watch movies? What's a film you recently saw together? And do you ever whisper or giggle to each other during the movie like the rest of us do?
2: <laughs>
0: Love that question, Sarah. <laughs> Love it. That's
1: a, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. It's it's all going when you're a critic and you go to the movies. It definitely is different. I think Christian would probably say the same thing. It's because you're a lot of times you're being invited to something in the middle of the day at at a private screening room. Um, sometimes you know, I guess maybe what do you think? Sort of like forty percent of the time, you're at what they call an all media screening, which is where they just send out this blast email to anybody who happens to be on their list that says RSVP to this giant giant screening we're having at some big multiplex somewhere and first come mm-hmm. first serve and it's and a lot of those it's very possible that if you don't reply quickly enough you you can theoretically get mm-hmm. shut out less so during the pandemic but um you know those those all media screenings as they call them those feel more like a normal movie night because you you do have a lot of Critics, you have a lot of reporters, you have a lot of like frankly weirdos that you can't figure out where they came from.
0: Super fans. There's also just like sometimes super fans where they're like, Yeah. This is a movie that comic book nerds will love. We'll send it out to all the comic book super fans.
1: Totally, totally. And you know, people get a plus one, so there's people who know somebody, so you have sort of like, you know, quote unquote civilians, just regular old people (laughs) who aren't critics or aren't in the media. Those are those are more like a normal night at the movies. And that I think is the last place. That's the last time I think I saw you as, at a screening was for Lightyear.
0: Oh, yeah, that was – what was that, like three weeks ago or something? We saw Lightyear. Yeah, Year
2: and yep.
0: <laughs> yeah I, I'll say this. Rafer usually shows up at the cinema before I do, I, um, and I know where he <laughs> normally sits. He always, like – sits in, like, the first five rows just to the left or just to the right. and and (laughs) right, they do do that. Yeah, you do that. And and, uh, you already have your little notebook out. And I usually waltz in, like, just a few minutes before it starts. And then we, like, chit-chat and catch up with each other for a few minutes before the movie starts. Um, And then the movie, uh, this is something about press screenings that is unique. They usually start no later than two to seven minutes after the top of the hour. And there are no trailers. Yes. So yeah, you don't plan on waltzing in 25 minutes late because, oh, there'll just be trailers anyway. No. Right. You show up in time for the movie. And I'll say, Ray I feel like you're very respectful during the movies. You take your notes. You're nice and quiet. I'm much noisier. I scream. Every once in a while, I'll lean over and I'll (laughs) whisper a question to you. Like, even in light year, I was like, what is going on with these hoops in the sky? (laughs) I don't understand how this is working.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You did ask me that. You're like, are you confused? What's what's happening here? How is it? Is he traveling? Why is he traveling through time? Is he doing that on purpose? That's right. I remember that. I remember that. And then I thought I I had an explanation for you. And then I realized I didn't. I was like, yes, actually, I guess I am confused. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I remember that. I mean, I... Yeah, I, so that's how it goes.
0: Yeah, I I really, to be honest, don't talk a ton in the movies. But every once in a while, I'm just too perplexed. So I'll have to ask for presuming... I'll, I'll presume Rafer's following something that I'm not following. And sometimes you are, sometimes you're not.
1: <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Sometimes you're lucky I am. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's sort it's sort of it's sort of normal. It's sort of normal, but I will say that is the one thing, Kristen. You you pointed out something that it, that I really, really, really miss is trailers. I almost never see
0: them. Yeah, I miss them too. And every once in a while, I'll just go to the movies with friends or family, and. The trailers will be there, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, how did I not know about any of these movies?" Yeah,
1: right, right. Like, like, oh, trailers. Yeah, you can watch them online, which I do because I sort of have to to keep up, and you know, with something big like you know, Avatar, or The Way of Water, or whatever the hell that <laughs> thing is titled. You gotta, you gotta watch, you gotta watch the trailer and see what
0: it looks like. But it's not the same. No, it's you not know? the same, that's a, and that's that's a drawback. And the trailers definitely introduce me to movies that aren't on my radar that I'm not thinking about. Yeah. where I'm just like, oh, that looks like an interesting movie from Brazil. Hmm interesting right. yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well it's a small price to pay for being a movie critic it is it is all right let's get to the next letter this one comes from dave dave writes dear rafer and Kristen, what are some of the best movies and tv shows you've enjoyed most since the show went off the air and what movies and tv shows are you most looking forward to in the coming months oh my gosh
0: I have so many TV shows. I have
1: such a long list. You are the you are the you are the most hip and up to date TV watcher I know. <laughs> oh, thank and, you. And I am the least. I am the least, as
0: everybody knows. <laughs> I loved Severance on Apple Plus. Mm. I loved and hated it. Sometimes it was infuriating and slow and teasing too much. Uh, Severance is this uh, kind of sci-fi drama where half the time, when you are at work, your brain. One half of your brain is shut off. And then when you're out in the world outside of work, you know, your brain or your consciousness is, you know, not remembering what happens at work. So what happens at work stays at work. What happens in the real world stays in the real world. But maybe those two severed sides don't always stay severed. And so, yes. yes, I've
1: seen the trailers for this and it looked kind of interesting. It's who's in the cast? It's got a good cast.
0: Adam Scott, yes. Patricia Arquette. It's uh it's quite good. Uh, I loved season 2 of Hacks. I loved the first season also, the second season. I just thought was beautiful and perfect. I love Loot, which is the new Maya Rudolph show where she is essentially oh, uh, yeah. Jeff Bezos's <laughs> ex-wife or he cheats and she ends up being like the richest woman on the planet and she starts giving it all away like a charity worker, but then also is completely out of touch and is lived... Oh, like his,
1: like his actual ex-wife. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's a lot of fun. Um, oh, my gosh. The list is so long of TV shows. I, I could go on and on, but I do want to also mention one movie, and reefer you're going to laugh at me about this. Okay. One of the movies I loved most um, recently was Marry Me, starring Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. Oh, Full disclosure... <laughs> (laughs) I saw it on an airplane, and we all know that movies on airplanes are 50 to 75% better than they are in real life. But I laughed, I cried, I cheered. I loved Marry Me, starring Jennifer Lopez. She is a celebrity, much like Jennifer Lopez, who marries somebody on stage in a place kind of like Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And who does that person end up being? Owen Wilson.
1: He's just like a guy in the audience. That's, That's the premise. Yes.
0: But is he just a guy in the audience, or is he more Rafer? He might be a lot more than meets the eye. You hated this movie, didn't you? I did not see it. I didn't see it. What? No. Oh, Rafer, you need to see it. I know you love Jennifer Lopez, too. I do. I know you do.
1: I do love Jennifer (laughs) Lopez. What's not to love?
0: There's nothing not to love.
1: Yeah. And I like Owen Wilson, too. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, I I didn't see it. You know, the the pandemic has really thrown my whole um, movie-going job at Newsday into a into something else, you know. I'm sort of, I'm like, I'm at this, I'm at this point, kind of half movie critic, half anything else, you know. I'm doing theater, I'm doing music, I'm interviewing David Duchovny, I'm interviewing, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm like, I got, I'm sort of all over the place. So a lot of these movies, um, I don't see. I'm like, I'm like I did not see *Marry Me*. I did not see uh, *DC League of Super Pets*. Uh, you know, I like all this, <laughs> all the standard. Uh, multiplex stuff and and even like some of the big indie hits like Everything Everywhere All at Once I went and saw that on my own but I didn't wind up reviewing that for Newsday so I've been playing kind of catch up uh, in a way so it's you know like when you're asking me TV shows I tried Russian Doll which I know is I think that's on season mm-hmm. two of I think season two right uh, I tried Russian Doll I wasn't that into it I kind of liked the premise I couldn't figure out what that accent was from Natasha Lyonne <laughs> that kind of stopped me I couldn't, I couldn't get past it you know, I tried a few things um, movie wise uh well this is a this is a a, a a weird pick to suggest to people, but happening the French mm. movie about the the it 's a French movie that I thought was going to be like an absolute sensation and i 'll tell you why and you 'll understand why I thought this it 's a movie that came out just a month or two no, a couple months ago. About, it's based on a true story, based on a memoir about a French teenage girl in the mid, early 60s who is trying to get an illegal abortion. Uh, and I thought for sure, I mean, it came out like a, like a, a day before the leaked Ro, uh, Roe v. Wade uh, ruling. Uh, somewhere right around there. And I just thought, oh my God, this film is going to become the most timely movie you could possibly imagine. It didn't take off at the box office and I think that's because the movie is very, very confrontational and graphic. And it is a movie that goes, it is a movie that, I'll just say, spares you nothing in a way like I've never seen a movie do on that subject. That is, I will say, it is the best movie I have seen this year. But it's also very hard to tell someone to run out and go see, you know, this incredibly graphic abortion movie. Um, but that's the best thing I've seen. And it's amazing. And strangely, it kind of sank like a stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I expected it to become a real talker, but it didn't. And I think it was probably just a little too upsetting, almost no matter what side of the fence you're on on that, uh, on that debate. But I- I'd recommend mm-hmm. it. There you go. You can all, You can always count on me for an upbeat recommendation, Kristen.
0: <laughs> I'm always here for you. Are, are there any, are, are there any TVs or movies you're looking forward to? Dave wants to also know. In the coming months, are there things we're looking forward to?
1: Yes, I've got three I'm looking forward to. Nope. The new Jordan Peele movie.
0: Yes, that's on my list too. Totally right. I'm so excited for no nope. trailers. Oh my god, the trailers are so delicious. Oh really? Yeah. I'm I'm I'm
1: I'm a little frustrated by the trailers because I can't forget what the hell is going on. The trailers have not grabbed me. I'm just, but I'm into it because I'm into Jordan Peele. That's what I would say. Yeah, um, I love Jordan Peele. Yeah. Again on the on the same on the same note, Bullet Train with Brad Pitt. Trailers don't look that good, but I do like the idea of Brad Pitt playing an aging hitman named Ladybug. That cracks me up. Um, <laughs> and the director, David Leitch, is the guy who did John Wick, and he did Atomic Blonde, a movie I loved. And then Amsterdam, the uh, the new uh, David O. Russell film. That looks really interesting. Uh,
0: Every star is in it. I know everybody famous is in that movie, literally, including yeah. Chris Rock, who we just talked about. Yeah, right.
1: That's right. That looks <laughs> that looks fun and interesting. How about you, Kristen? What, what are you looking forward to? What's on your list?
0: <laughs> well, in addition to those movies you mentioned, I'm really looking forward to Ticket to Paradise, which is oh, a rom com oh, starring Kristen. Julia Roberts and George Clooney. That They're, looks terrible. Um, ex-spouses who are trying to stop the wedding of their daughter who seems a little too young to get married. It looks so fun and terrible. It looks like the perfect airplane movie. Like I want to watch this one on an airplane. It's going to be great. That
1: that movie looks like it's going to be the next Swept Away. Oh, my God. No,
0: Rafer, don't say it. Don't say it. Oh, boy.
1: Oh, boy, Kristen. Listen, I hope it's good, too, because I love both those stars, obviously. Who doesn't? So do I. Right. So do I. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Well, listen, Dave, I hope that helps. I hope you got a few recommendations out there. Run out and see that abortion movie uh, and uh, and run out and see Ticket to Paradise.
0: All right. Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. But before we do, Reminder, even though movie therapy has officially sunsetted, we still love to get your five-star reviews and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and everywhere else you listen. They help new listeners discover the show. And yes, new listeners do discover the show. And they also just fill our hearts with love.
1: All right, stay with us. When we're back, we'll have even more personal questions. That's the IGN Daily update wherever you get your podcasts We're back, and now let's get to some more personal questions,
0: Kristen, do you want to take the next one? Yes, uh our first one is from Emily Emily <laughs> Emily says, "Dear Rafer and Kristen, I miss you too. Do you miss me <laughs> Emily? Oh my gosh. <laughs> One of you Emilys out there, we love you. And we do miss you, by the way.
1: We, we do. do. We totally miss you. There's, God, there has to be, was there ever a real Emily? Or was I that think... just, no? or no, there was never a real Emily.
0: You, you think everybody was using Emily as a pen name? You don't think any of these Emilys were really named Emily? I don't know.
1: I think they were all not an Emily. I, I'm just, I can't, I don't know. Or there could have been a real Emily in there somewhere. We'll never know. We everybody was never... actually
0: Jeff. It's just well, <laughs> a dude named
1: Jeff from Wichita. Yeah, <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know. But yes, Emily, whoever whoever's you are, we miss you.
0: Yes, we do miss you. Um, we loved answering your letters, Emily, all of them, <laughs> week after week, <laughs> and we and we loved prescribing you movies. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> Uh, Okay. Uh,
1: Next, uh, That was such
0: a short letter. It was. I loved it, though. It cracked (laughs) me up so much I had to put it in the script, Rafer. It made me laugh so hard.
1: (laughs) That's a great one. Okay. The next one comes from Kathy. Kathy says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, what have you two been up to since the show sunsetted?
0: Kristen, you first. Well, um, here's something really fun. Movie therapy is now a column in Netflix's Q Magazine. Q Magazine is this, like, beautiful, glossy, like, coffee table magazine that's in, like, agent's offices. And, you know, you go to L.A. to a studio and it's sitting there on the coffee table. It's this big, fancy, glossy magazine. It only comes out, like, once every other month. But, yeah, movie yeah. therapy is now a column in that. So <laughs> it's a huge honor for both me and Rafer that, like, they wanted to pick us up. So thank you. Thank you, Q Magazine, for that. That's so awesome. It is. Yeah. Um. I've also, like... Had my, you know, toes dipped a little bit in some other writing projects. Uh, uh, Margot Donahue, who wrote a book called Brooklyn on Film, invited me to contribute a little bit to that, which I'm very honored by. Yep. Signe Darpinian, uh, she is a psychologist. She hosts the podcast Therapy Rocks. She wrote a book called Body Positive Teens. And I contributed to the section about body positive media um, uh, body diversity, race diversity, and so on. And, you know, what we can consume to maybe not feel constantly oppressed by the Hollywood image of what we're supposed to look like and so on, and how yeah. to see the world a little bit more for its diverse and um, unique beauty in all of us. So uh, I contributed to that. Still hosting my other shows, Buy the Book, Royal Report for Newsweek, and also uh, Romance Road Test, which is an Audible exclusive. So those are some of the things I've been professionally up to. But, Rafer, I feel like you've been up to some exciting things. I feel like I got nothing on you. Um, oh, come on. Uh, the big one, can we talk about th- – this is a very rare thing if you don't live in Brooklyn, but I'm just going to say it for you. Rafer got a house. <laughs> yes. Not an apartment. Yes. Oh, okay. Don't
1: <laughs> jinx it. Don't jinx it. It's still not done. But, yes, I got – I'm I'm buying a house. No, you are
0: literally moving in in a few weeks, Rafer. It is done. I,
1: I, I have. I don't have a closing date. I still don't have a closing date. What's going to happen, Kristen? What's going to happen to me? I don't know. But yes,
0: technically... I don't think I jinxed it. I think I put the thought out into the universe, and it will give you... Thank you.
1: ...the closing date back. Thank you. That's what's going to happen. Let's hope. Let's hope. Yes, I might have an actual backyard... Uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be very nice. Actually, enough room for my for my two kids to live like human beings and not like a couple of sewer rats. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be. I'm exaggerating, obviously. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's a nice little place in Kensington, Brooklyn. Um, right, kind of near Borough Park. If anybody out there knows Borough Park, sort of near there, uh, sort of south of Greenwood Cemetery. There's a there's a little there's a little uh, pocket of streets. Uh, that kind of form a little triangle of sorts right underneath Greenwood Cemetery, and I'm I've decided that I'm going to I'm going to start a new uh, a new neighborhood designation. I'm going to call it Tribeger. It's going to be the triangle below <laughs> Greenwood. I'm going to I'm going to make that happen. I'm going to make that happen, and I'm going to push up the the housing values.
0: You're already making it happen. I believe in it, Rafer. I want to visit that hip neighborhood. All right, great. I want to do it. Great.
1: It's out there. <laughs> it's out there. So, aside, yes, so th- there's been that. Uh, I, you know, again, I've got, you know, I've got two teenage kids. Um, uh, well, uh, one's almost, one's, one's 12, one's 14. And, uh, you know, I've done a few other things. I uh, I took a screenwriting course yes. for the fun of it, which was really, really enjoyable, really fun. Met a lot of kind of like cool, interesting people who, from all over the country, one of whom I may actually go out and, uh, and meet over uh, in California. And I took... Some psychotherapy classes through an institute, which was actually really fun because I was really enjoying movie therapy and um, and I wanted to dig into that a little bit more from an actual i don 't know if you'd call it clinical but an actual sort of uh let's say rigorous a <laughs> uh, little more little more rigorous than you and i what? impossible um, and that was that... <laughs> (laughs) And that's been really interesting, too. Um, uh, These are all just kind of side things that I've been up to. And they've been a lot of fun. They've been a lot of fun. The house, I can't say the house was a lot of fun. But (laughs) when it's it's done, that might be a lot of fun. So yeah, there you go.
0: I feel like you're always up to so much stuff, Rafer. Like in your spare time, you'll be like, I wrote a book for my kid. I wrote a crossword puzzle that's now in the newspaper. I took a class in this. (laughs) I, I feel like you like, yeah, it's like, oh, I took up pickling. I'm now making cocktails. Like, you do so many things that make me feel like maybe I should like spread my wings a little further. And, oh, that's real. Yeah. oh,
1: that's I mean, funny. I would. Uh, that's. I was going to say the same thing about you. I'm
0: always inspired by the number of things that you try, Raver.
1: No, I always think the same thing. I always think the same thing about you. You're always so busy. I think like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> what like, like what? Time is going by, man. And Kristen's working. <laughs> um, Life's not just about work, well, Raver. It's not just about work. I know. (laughs) I know. I know. And I do make pretty good cocktails. Oh,
0: God, you do. Yeah. Uh, I will say that. But but careful. They are quite dangerous. The reefer cocktail is not weak. Oh, yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, there's the update. That's what we're up to. Uh, And
0: uh, thanks, Kathy, for asking. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Jennifer says, dear Rafer and Kristen, first, I want to thank you for helping me get through the first couple years of the pandemic. It was such a confusing, lonely, scary time. And the two of you made me feel less alone and less pathetic for relying on Netflix to keep me sane. Second, you both seem so empathetic and so good at seeing the best in others. How did you get that way? And how can I be a little more like the two of you?
1: Oh, that's very complimentary, Jennifer. Oh my Um, gosh,
0: that's so sweet, Jennifer. Wow. I know.
1: Uh, Well, yeah, the pandemic was an incredibly lonely, scary, bizarre time. Just the other day, I was talking to somebody. uh, This is not much of a story, but I was talking to somebody and about... Something I'd done, you know, when, I'm trying to figure out when was that? Was that in you know what was that right before the pandemic? Right? No, it was right after the pandemic. Oh, that's right, because you know, blah, this had happened and that had happened. And then I just realized, like, oh, that was like early 2020. And then I just realized that two years of my life were just gone. Just gone. Yeah. I just I just had my head down trying to get through every day, one day at a time. Every day was exactly the same. <laughs> And then they were just, <laughs> those years were just gone. I couldn't believe it. And that really, I don't know, that kind of, uh, that was a sobering thought, man. The pandemic was tough. It was tough and it was tough on everybody. And I think it's still tough on everybody. So you shouldn't, Jennifer, you should not feel uh, pathetic or anything for uh, having a tough time during the pandemic. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, we, we all were there with you. All of us were. Um as far as us being empathetic and good at seeing the best in others, I, I think you might misunderstand who I am, Jennifer. I am very judgmental. And <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I make very um, uh, quick, uncharitable uh, judgments, um, uh, which is why I'm so good at being a film and TV critic, because oftentimes I have very strong feelings about things very immediately. And uh, full disclosure, I, I do hold grudges uh, if somebody... Harms in any way anybody I love, I will hate that person for the rest of my life, even if it's just a minor transgression, and even if my friend has forgiven that person, so this is like a a fatal flaw of mine, like let's say somebody just in passing does something very minor to Rafer and Rafer has forgiven that person. fuck you, I will hate you forever. What you did to <laughs> Rafer is unforgivable so um so yeah i'm I, I'm not that empathetic that's not true i I, I do Try to see the best in others, though, and I do, for the most part, see everybody as a potential friend. But I am judgmental at the same time.
1: <laughs> I, I, it, it, it is, it is true that you are, uh, you do, you, you are a very loyal person. You are, <laughs> you are a fiercely loyal person, Kristen. But um, you, you, I do think that you are. Um, I think you are very willing to meet people where they are, and I think, in that sense, you are very non-judgmental. And you are you you know I think I think you I think you take people as they are I think you enjoy um, meeting all different kinds of people you 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 have that in common with my wife my wife is almost, is also very much like that she loves meeting people she loves like meeting people who are very different from her um, she really is like like she's very excited about sort of like well the, the diversity in the world I think she gets a big charge out of it she likes meeting people that are just like you know, kind of off the charts or unusual or a whole people who are a whole new experience or who are, who are totally foreign to her.
0: She loves that. She totally loves that.
1: So I think you're, you're very like that as well.
0: I think that you are, though, too, Rafer. I feel like you always meet people where they are. And um, you're so likable and you like people usually. And so yeah. I, I think of you as somebody who, yeah, comes off as very likable and for the most part, you know, wants to like who's around you.
1: That might be true. I don't know. I'm, yeah, it's funny you say that. I'm very strange that way, though. But maybe everyone's like this. I guess I just, a, a lot of the time, I, I I go so back and forth. You know, like I just feel like, God, I just, I hate everybody and I hate myself and I hate the world. And everything just sucks. And then the next day, I'm like, oh, everything's fine. I don't know what you're talking about. So I'm going to say, like, how, how are you feeling? Are you okay? Everything, you seem like you're in really, a really bad place. And I'll be like, I was? I don't remember. I'm fine. Everything's great.
0: So, in other words, Ray, for your human, like all of I us. I think
1: that might be. I think that might be. I guess I just flip flop back and forth like everybody. I, I, but I, you know, uh, I, I don't know if I have any advice to sort of like uh, up your empathy game. But I, 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 I do feel like um, I do feel like taking a deep breath is always a good a good piece of advice, right? If you're if you if you feel a knee jerk reaction coming, you just take a little take a moment and just ask yourself, how bad is it really? Do you know what I mean? How, what, what is my reaction to this person or this development or this headline or the fact that I can't get the goddamn top of the mason jar off? Like, <laughs> you know, just you know, take a deep breath. How bad is it really? And I I do think that helps. So if I have any piece of advice, there's, there's one.
0: Yeah, I, I love that piece of advice. And mine is just remember, everyone's going through their own stuff. And totally, sometimes somebody may seem one way on the surface, but there may be something else underneath the surface. But We're all going through our own stuff. We all have our own baggage. We all have our own bad thing that happened that morning to us. But I I, I try to think about that. You know, maybe the person who's being a total, like, jerk to me in this situation. Maybe this morning something, you know, on the way to work that I don't even want to imagine happened to them. I have no idea. You know? We all have our stuff we're going through.
1: Totally. That's an excellent point. Excellent point. Kristen, say baggage again. Baggage. I love it.
0: What? (laughs) Because I pronounce it correctly (laughs) with the vowels, which need the respect that only a Minnesotan will give them. Yeah, those vowels.
1: Uh, uh, Listen, Kristen, you're right. You're right. I just had to hear it. I just had to hear it a second time. (laughs) (laughs) Baggage.
0: Oh, God.
1: All right. Do you want to
0: to do one one more letter? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's do this one from Jessica.
1: Okay. Jessica says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, Would you two ever consider collaborating on another podcast or project again? I would watch you on YouTube or TikTok or pretty much anywhere
0: else. Wow. Wow. Reefer, of course. I would totally... Totally. Yeah. We've done two very successful shows so far. Why not another down the road? Who knows?
1: I would anytime i would
0: definitely be open to that absolutely
1: not tiktok not tiktok <laughs> I don't don't you have to don't you have to dance if you're on tiktok <laughs> i was told you had to dance i'm not and i'm not dancing
0: dance for dance i want to see you dance <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, I, you, yeah. YouTube. I don't know if Vine were still around, we could do a six six second Vine yeah. uh, Vine cast. We do. We, we yeah. You, you never know. We we might
0: do something again in the future. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely totally open to it. Never say never. Never say never. All right, we're gonna take another quick break. But before we do, reminder: you can always follow us on Twitter. I'm at Kristen Meinzer. Rafer is at Rafer Gooseman. And uh, by the way, Rafer. Be sure to follow him also with his articles in Newsday, his interviews, his film reviews, and so on. They're always terrific.
1: Yeah. Check me out on Newsday Live. I'm interviewing all kinds of great people and people, not, uh, not always movie-related people. Nick Rhodes from yes. Duran Duran, all kinds of crazy people I'm doing on there. Um, yes. All right. And it's a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, when we're back, we'll answer one final movie therapy letter that has come in since we've sunsetted the show.
0: We are back with a movie therapy letter we felt compelled to respond to.
1: All right, I'll read this one. It comes from Rachel. Rachel says Hi, Rafer and Kristen. I'm a big fan of your podcast and listen to it all the time. Right now, I'm in my final semester of my senior year of college, and my entire life I've been planning to go to medical school. I've always wanted to be a doctor and help people get better and live healthier lives. I'm planning on taking a gap year between graduating college and going to medical school. However, lately, I've been questioning if being a doctor is actually what I want to do. It's all I've wanted my whole life, but now I wonder if it's actually what I want. To be honest, I don't know what else I would even want to do. I know people say that I have plenty of time to decide what I want to do, but it feels like everything in my life is telling me to decide now. I have so much fear and anxiety about it. Will I even get in? Am I meant to be a doctor? What am I going to do with my life? I just feel so lost I want some clarity about what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm hoping you all have something that can help.
0: Wow, Rachel, I'm so sorry. And I hope you know you're not alone. I think this is a conundrum a lot of people have when they are finishing up college, Uh, this pressure to know exactly what they're supposed to do next, to have their entire adult career life mapped out for them. Um, And and I'm sorry, it sounds like you're very stressed and anxious about this. But I, I just want to tell you something, Rachel, That and, and, and I'm not trying to be dismissive here. It doesn't really matter. And by that, I mean most people, starting in our generation, Rafer, we were told we would have minimum five, six, eight careers in our lives. And that's okay. You don't have to know at 15 years old when you're taking your PSATs and your ACTs, you don't have to know. What your major is going to be in college so that you can major in that thing to be that career, to do that career for the rest of your life. I think we put so much pressure on 14, 15, 16-year-olds, 18-year-olds, 22-year-olds to know what you're going to do with the rest of your life. And it's okay if you don't know. It's totally fine to change your mind. Um, And... I know plenty of people who started down the pre-med path and changed their minds later. I know people who graduated from law school, who hated law school, and then went on to do something else. A lot of them now are podcasters, <laughs> including our friend Gretchen Rubin. She she was an attorney at one point and at a certain point was like, no, this isn't for me. Right. And it doesn't matter that I clerked with Sandra Day O'Connor. She changed her mind. And it's totally okay to do that. It's It's not something that you should beat yourself up about. Or feel like you have to know. And I don't know if that's a comfort or if that's disappointing, but I'll just say that, you know, not having to have everything figured out, for me at least, is freeing. It's nice to know that I don't have to make one decision and stick with it. It's okay to change our minds. Three-year-olds do it all the time. (laughs) No. I hate blue. Well, blue was your favorite color yesterday. That was yesterday, forever ago. And you know what? We can do that as grownups too. It's totally fine, and in a way, it's admirable to change our minds and follow our hearts.
1: That is true. Fourteen year olds do that too, as I'm learning.
0: Yes, <laughs>
1: I never, I never said that. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I will just, um, I don't have a ton to add to that, but I will add one thing because I think what Kristen said is exactly right. But I will add one thing. My dad. When I, when I used to complain about this kind of stuff, I, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. I don't know, what, what's, you know. What's my calling? My dad would say, well, just pick something. And I would feel like, what a stupid freaking <laughs> thing. to see. What do you mean just pick? So that's terrible advice. You, are you kidding? Like, this, is what I, this is the advice I get from you when I come to you in a vulnerable moment. But the thing was, he was right. Just pick something. Pick something that sounds good. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't mean that you're you're doomed to stay in it for the rest of your life, and it and it and you know you you can play the coulda shoulda game, like oh I wish I I wish I had I wish I could go back in time and oh, I really should have or or why didn't I? But I mean oh my God everybody can play that game and it won't get you anywhere ever no matter what decision you make. Um, my dad was right. Pick something. Yeah. If you if you're not sure you want to be a doctor pick being a doctor go for it and if it turns out not to be your thing it won't be your thing and you'll do something else you'll find something else and you know if you have a medical degree by the time you graduate i mean you know that that could open any number of doors oh, yeah. i mean better better to have a medical degree than not have a medical degree and 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 if you drop out and decide to just you know Kick it all to the curb and do something else. I think that's fine, too. I, I, and so I, I'm, I'm really just piggybacking on what Kristen said. But I, I think it's true. Pick something and do it, and everything will work out fine.
0: Yeah. And on that note, Ray, for what movie or TV show are you going to prescribe to Rachel?
1: Okay. Before I, before I say that, I'm going to make a little side prescription to Rachel. Okay. It's not actually a movie. It, it's a song um, oh. that I listen to. Yeah, I listen to this song all the time. It's by Cat Power. Probably probably most people out there know Cat Power. Mm-hmm. I am actually not even really a big Cat Power fan, I never really have been, but I stumbled across this one song, it's probably ten years old by now, called Nothing But Time. And if you haven't heard that song, it is the most moving and inspirational pop song I have heard in the latter half of my life. Wow. And I just it's about ten minutes long. It's a total masterpiece, and I just, I, I, probably not a month goes by when I don't listen to that song a couple times. Mm. I would highly recommend listening to that song. But as for my movie suggestion, this might be kind of an easy pick, but I'm going to choose the hot movie of the moment, which is Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. I have loved that movie. It is, it is such a great movie. Have you seen this, Kristen? No, I haven't.
0: Um,. But it's uh, Jenny Slate, right?
1: That's right. So it's I'll I'll give you the, the quick version of the story. It's the story of a little seashell. He's very small. He's got one little eye, a little even tinier mouth, and of course, as the title says, two shoes. And he lives in a house with his grandma, his nana. Um, Jenny Slate is the voice of Marcel and Isabella Rossellini is the voice of his Nana. And they live together in this house, not a, not like a house they made. It's like an actual suburban house. It's actually an Airbnb (laughs) that they live in. And a filmmaker named Dean comes to stay there and he's just gone through a divorce. He's kind of down in the dumps. He comes to this house and he discovers that it's occupied by these two living, talking seashells. And he gets to know them, makes a documentary on them puts them on the internet, of course, as you do, and suddenly they become a viral sensation. And the hope is that maybe these these video clips that he's putting on will help Marcel discover the rest of his lost seashell family. And here's a clip. All right, so I'm making like
2: a little documentary. Oh, it's like it's a like, movie, but nobody has any lines, and nobody even knows what it is while they're making it. Mm-hmm. No? Mm-hmm. Tell me about what's life like. It's pretty much common knowledge that it takes at least 20 shells to have a community. My cousin fell asleep in a pocket. And that's why I don't like the saying everything comes out of the wash. Because sometimes it doesn't. Or sometimes it does. And they're just like a completely different person. So it's actually only two of us now. Myself and my grandmother, Nana Connie. We like to watch 60 Minutes because Leslie Stahl is fearless. Nana, yes, make sir. the noise. Do, 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 do. Sometimes I find my mind wandering, thinking, what would my family think? Do you think they could be out there? Marcello, let's forget about being
0: afraid. Just take the adventure. Now, Rafer, tell us, why are you prescribing this movie to Rachel? Well,
1: this is one of those movies... Um, it really caught me off guard. It's it's so sweet. It's so charming. Uh, a lot of it is just sort of the details, the way these little shells do little things with household objects. My favorite was um, his Nana, who uh, uses a champagne cork for a walker. Uh, not a not a champagne cork. The the wiring, the wiring around a champagne cork. That's what that's what she uses for a walker. Uh, all these little great, cute details. But this is one. This is one of those movies that you could probably find just about any lesson that you wanted to find in it. Do you know what I mean? It's so sweet and mm-hmm. and positive and kind of supportive of you as a viewer. You know, like I don't know, like there's a lot of movies like that. Groundhog Day, uh, uh, Babe, you know, like there's there's a handful of movies that you could that you could prescribe for literally any situation to anyone. Um it'll just kind of hit you wherever your heart happens to be at this moment. But for me, the message of this movie was, uh, and I don't want to spoil it because there's a beautiful moment and a beautiful exchange of dialogue in this film, but I don't want to spoil it. The message for me was, be brave, face change, and remember to believe in yourself. Mm. There's going to be hard times ahead, but you can't run away from them. You've got to face them bravely and take them as they come and and believe that you will get through it. And that, again, for whatever whatever reason really resonated for me, uh, at this moment in my life. And I feel like it could kind of resonate for Rachel, our listener, who I think is about to embark on something that's sort of head into the unknown and into the uncertainty. And, you know, she's got a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, what's she going to do? But I think you, you know, be brave, believe in yourself and everything will be okay. That's my prescription.
0: Beautiful, Rafer. Marcel the Shell with shoes on. And you, Kristen? I'm going to also give kind of two prescriptions. My mini prescription is the TV show, Sort of. It's from the CBC. It is currently on HBO Max. It follows Sabi, who uh, I would say is probably in their late 20s, who some people might say is like uh, stuck in a moment in time, is working as a nanny, is not necessarily taking risks. When the opportunity comes to like move to Berlin, which so many people would be so excited about, totally. our uh, protagonist turns it down to continue being a nanny. And the thing is, our protagonist is trans, though. And is going through a lot of their own personal struggles to be honest with themselves, be honest with the world, be honest with their romantic life, with their family and so on, uh, to stand up for themselves, to stand in their own truth and so on. And it's just a great show. And one line that that really just hit me in all the feels was, we're all in transition. And that's okay. All of us are always in transition. And that's part of the human condition. We are always, hopefully, not just static in, in one place. We're always getting closer to who we are. And it's okay to have to stand in this place for a while and then move to this one and then change our minds. So?
2: I'm here for the nanny interviews.
0: Has anyone asked you your pronouns?
2: Yeah, no, no one's asked me that. I'm asking. They
0: just going to avoid mom's calls forever?
1: Not a fair question. She
2: calls me way more than she calls you.
0: Because I have a real job.
2: Mom, I'm a nanny.
0: Like Mary Poppins? Are you in the right place in your life, Subby? So sort of is the show that I'm recommending, but the movie I'm recommending is Something Ray for you told me months ago. You said this movie is made for you. You are just going to love it. It is the worst person in the world. It's a Norwegian film, so I'm not going to play a clip of this. (laughs) It's currently on Hulu. And the worst person in the world follows a young woman named Julie from college to her early 30s. And just like you, Rachel, she was certain her whole life she was going to be a doctor but then maybe she would rather be a psychiatrist, but then maybe she would rather be a photographer. And maybe she's in love with this person, but maybe he's kind of misogynistic and terrible, but maybe she loves him anyway, but maybe she actually loves this person. And there's a lot of changing her mind and navigating a world that has infinite choices. And sometimes she's so fun, and sometimes she comes off as flaky, and sometimes she Intensely, intensely is certain of what she's doing in this moment, so certain the whole world stops around her. And then not long after, she'll realize maybe I don't want that thing. And the movie is broken up into different chapters, like a book. And I guess what the movie, in a lot of ways, is saying is you know, we are all writing our own book. And it's okay if the chapters don't necessarily seem cohesive. What meaning we impart. On those chapters later in life or in the moment, we can decide on that. That's our own book. And there's no right or wrong chapter to write. And every time we say, you know, yes to a chapter on comedy, maybe we're saying no to something on tragedy. Maybe when we fall in love with this suitor, we have to say goodbye to the life we would have had with that one. And that's not a bad thing. And it's really a movie that for me, acknowledged in a human way that it's okay to not always know. And that doesn't make us bad people, even though the movie says the worst person in the world. It's totally fine. And that's just part of life. Everything in life is full of change. And there's no right or wrong decisions.
1: I will just say that movie knocked my socks off. I could not believe how good that thing was. And I was so sad that I hadn't seen it before I compiled my top 10. For that year, because that would have been absolutely number one. I think I think it, that movie was so good, um, and I, I I, have recommended it to almost every single person I know. It's funny what you said about the title, The Worst Person in the World. I had this debate with um, uh, another film critic, a friend of mine named Bill McCuddy. Um, you can check him out at Gold Derby. Um, Bill McCuddy and I were talking about this on, a, on another show that we do, and he was saying that he was kind of irked by the title because it didn't have anything to do with the movie because she's not the worst person in the world and I was kind of arguing I was kind of making the point I think you were making Christian which is I think the title is really important because because without that title the movie would have been like you know the story of an nameless person but with with that title you understand kind of like what she's feeling. You understand that she has this anxiety and these kind of, um, these, this anxiety and guilt and these bad feelings about what am I doing and am I good? Am I going to be a good person? Am I doing the right thing? Um, I feel like that title is really important. It's also very funny. Uh, and it's a, it's a really a real grabber of a title too. But I don't have much more to add about that, except that that movie is just fantastic. And one of the best movies I've seen in a long, long time. It's so great.
0: It is so good. So, so good. So, Rachel, once again, our prescriptions for you are from Rafer, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. And what's that song again, Rafer? Oh, and um, Nothing But Time by Cat Power. Yes. And for me, the TV show Sort Of, which is currently on HBO Max, and The Worst Person in the World on Hulu. And that is it. No, don't say it. This is it for our very final episode of Movie Therapy. This is
1: episode 100.
0: Yeah, it is. It sure is.
1: I can't believe we made it that far. Uh, 100 episodes. I'm pretty proud of that, Kristen.
0: So am I. I really am.
1: Well, we should just say thank you to everyone, everybody out there who was listening for sharing the show with your friends, for writing in, uh all of you guys made this show so much fun you made it all worth the work and um you guys were the reason that we got together every week and recorded this thing and put it together i should say the reason kristen recorded this thing and put it together (laughs) i just showed up (laughs) but uh, no it was both of (laughs) us but i i just want to say to everybody i'm sure kristen agrees um it's it was it was great uh being here for
0: all you guys It absolutely was. We love you all. Until we see each other again, I'm Kristen Meinzer.
1: And I'm Rafer Guzman.
0: Be excellent to each other and watch what makes you happy.
1: Bye, everybody.